I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast, and this is your round three recap of the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. And joining me tonight is Kyle Porter and Doug Bell. Uh, great to have you, boys. Kyle, uh, what's going on tonight? What did you think of the action today? <laughs> it was it was great. Uh, I wanted a little more carnage than we got. A little, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe a few more ejections than we saw on Saturday. Uh, but look, I mean, you, you can't argue with the board. I mean, the board is great. Uh, it's going to be a really fun Sunday. Uh, I'm fired up to see uh, we're, we're running it back on both the 3M and the Rocket Mortgage Classic from earlier this year. <laughs> yeah, going to be uh, exciting. These two are developing a little bit of a of a history. Um, but Doug, I want to welcome you in as well. Uh, yeah, welcome welcome to the show. What'd you think of it? Are you with Kyle? Do you wish you were you hoping for a little more carnage today, or were you excited about it? Well, I think there was plenty of carnage, um, and I can't wait to watch the replay later. I'm fascinated by what's going to transpire tomorrow. You know, it was interesting. I heard this today uh, at Wingfoot. If you hit two fairways, your average score is 77. And somehow Matthew Wolf hits two fairways and cards the 65. I mean, that was a remarkable round. It, you know, that was the third round. I know he wishes that was the final round. But we're going to be talking about this third round for a long time. The, the kid hits two fairways, his first ever U.S. Open. He's 21 years old, and he's on the cusp. I mean, it's it's pretty darn exciting. It really is. And the fact that he's playing with DeChambeau is unbelievable. I do do think what Doug said about about, uh, Wolf being 21 gets a little lost. Sometimes we do this thing where we group, like, I don't know, Cam Champ and Bryson and Hovland and all these guys into the same bucket. Matthew Wolf is 21 years old. Nobody else is in that bucket. It's him and Joaquin Neiman. How old is Sung Jay? Is Sung Jay 22 yet? Producer Jacob, you probably sent him a happy birthday card. I think <laughs> Sung Jay. Right <laughs> I, I think Sung Jay just turned 22. So if we're talking about 21 year olds, I mean, uh, Golf Channel flashed a graphic after the round: 54 hole leaders at the U.S. Open over the last 50 years that were 21. It's Tiger. It's Spieth. Timestamp. It's Rory in 11 and it's Matthew Wolf. So that's just, I, I think sometimes we lose, we, we, we group everybody into the, Oh, he's really young. Uh, well, Matthew Wolf is <laughs> really, really young at age 21. And I think, I think it matters to kind of point that out with a win. He would be the youngest winner of the U S open 
since Bobby Jones in 1923. Uh, so it, it would be great to see. But history at Wingfoot is not necessarily in his favor. The average final round score for 54 hole leaders at Wingfoot is nearly 77. 76. Wow. Nobody has ever shot better than 74 at Wingfoot with the final round lead. So the odds are not in his favor. Uh, but Kyle, you're right. He is in that elite company um, of players. And I think it comes from elite driving. Although today he only hit two fairways. And as Doug mentioned, the average score uh, hitting, hitting two fairways is 77. He shoots 65. <laughs> is, is this just a, a new era? Is the rough, um, as we handicap events, is the rough overrated? Or was this just a remarkable performance out of Matthew Wolf? Uh both I, I i just i i can't imagine i mean what did we hear all week oh the rough look at the rough it has it has it been a factor i mean i guess sort of but i i i almost feel like the like the guys that we see that are playing poorly like patrick reed today it wasn't the rough that got him it was the fact that his short game just faltered around the greens right i mean look at 10 where he hits it i mean he wasn't in the rough there he was in i think it was the first cut shout out to we can play the, the Spieth uh, one, one-liner there, freaking first cut. Uh, yeah. There we go. Uh, so it, it, it's less to me about um, – I, I think the rough – like, why even have fairways? I, Andy Johnson of the Fried Egg pointed this out. Like, the narrower you make the fairway, the less, like, it matters if you're, if you're a, an accurate driver. The less being Brendan Todd matters because if everybody's in the rough, then – you're just rewarding the guys that are that are the longest, and we've talked about this before. But uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see. Maybe that catches up to Bryson and Matthew Wolf on Sunday. Maybe not. But yeah, I think you're right. I, I just don't think we can take into account. I'm not going to go into another U.S. Open until it's proven to me. Uh, thinking that the rough is going to be anything other than just sort of a you know something that's there that's a little bit of a nuisance. Yeah, and it, I think it does have an effect, right, Doug? I mean, there are players that you don't necessarily see who are in the, in the morning wave, players who are just barely making the cut, who may be having a really hard time with the rough. We don't see them on TV. The guys we see on TV are the guys that are handling it well. So are, where, where do you sit with the, with the rough, Doug? Are you thinking that we may be overrated, or, or are you thinking that this just speaks to the ability level of these players? I mean, Brendan Todd has hit. 30 of 42 fairways that leads the field <laughs> by five fairways yet he's um he, he's not really in contention and that we thought that was the most important thing is this just a changing of the guard or is this something that's been going on for a long time what's your view boy a, a combination of everything you talked about number one these these kids and i say kids uh, 21 years old let's just keep emphasizing that but they're supremely gifted supremely talented uh, they learn from Tiger Woods, the work that you have to put into it, and it, here they are. And, and listen, here's the deal. Uh, yes, I think the rough is penal, and, and I think these guys have been lucky somewhat, and I think eventually that luck will run out. Matthew Wolf is not only hitting great iron shots, his putting has been off the charts, 26 total putts today at Wingfoot. I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah. But let me throw this out here. We talked about it. Colin Morikawa wins the PGA. There's no gallery. Matthew Wolf now is in position in his first ever U.S. Open to win at 21. No gallery. I, I think that is significant. I, I think if you had the normal gallery, you know, thousands and thousands of people moving around and clamoring, uh, I, I don't think the scores would be as good. I don't think these young guys would be 
as successful as they are. So I, that, that's my belief. I think they need to take advantage now because when the crowds start pouring back in, it brings in a whole different element. And listen, I can't wait to see how he handles the pressure tomorrow. Wow. I mean, is yeah. that going to be monumental pressure that he's never experienced before? And neither is DeChambeau. So it's, that even adds even more intrigue to tomorrow's final round. Uh, so the top three, the only three guys that are under par, Louis Ustazen's one under. He's hit 19 fairways out of 42. Uh, Bryson is three under, and he has hit, uh, where is it, six, 15 fairways? <laughs> and then uh, he's at 17 fairways. And then Matthew Wolf is five under, and he's hit 12 fairways on the week. Wow. 12, 12 out of 42. There's only four guys, there's only three guys that have hit fewer, and they're all not even close to the top of the board. So, uh, it, it, I, I'm a, I agree. I think it's going to be interesting. Does that catch up to you? Because I, I just thought I, I think the way that he sort of managed his ball around the second nine on Saturday was unbelievable. I mean, he had so many opportunities to make double, make double, make double, and he would just kind of course correct. I mean, 16, Greg, he could have easily made double there if he would have gone for that hero shot out of the uh, – I think he was on the left-hand side just trying to hit it through the yeah. trees there. He didn't. He got himself back in the fairway, nearly made par – and I just thought, I mean, for, to be 21 and to, to, to have, like, the mental acuity to, to be able to do that in that moment, I, I thought that was pretty impressive. Well, you know, you, that, left, that spot left of uh, 16, you're kind of on the other side of the trees. What's fascinating is you feel like you can kind of go left of the trees and hit a cut around yeah. the corner. It's yeah. very tempting. Um, you know it's a difficult shot, but you want to get it up by the green. You want to go for it laying up as something that's a challenge, especially when all day long you've been um, in trouble, if you call it trouble, you've been in the rough, and all of a sudden you're advancing it on the green and often giving yourself quality birdie looks. So um, yeah. I thought I, I agree with you, Kyle. I think that was a very wise decision. Um, and he's just able to handle the the difficulty of the golf course with his – I, I think it's with his distance, right? He's able to mm. have wedges out of the rough onto these greens. And I don't think it's, um, I, I don't think it's affecting him the way that we expected because of the club that he's hitting in. So yep. no, that, be, that's right. Hey, yeah. do you real quick, do you think Sunday is the hardest day for the course? Because I, I think we look at Friday, the wind was up. I think that's ultimately what affected it. Saturday was, I don't know. It was kind of hard. It wasn't, you know, Rory said after his round, look, if the wind's up, it's, different story essentially do you think we see a setup bar, like regardless of the wind that is the most difficult setup and the firmest on Sunday than we've seen all week it's interesting I, I thought um heading in to yesterday we talked about this last night that Saturday I thought would be the toughest day but it turned out to be kind of backwards day it was windy in the morning I was I mean I live probably 15 minutes north of Wingfoot and I was taking uh my my boy to soccer and it's howling and I'm sitting out there thinking <laughs> These boys are going to be in for it because it's just the morning. This afternoon, it's going to get so firm and so fast. It's going to be crazy. And then it, it stopped. It, the wind stopped. It was basically nothing. Yeah. So I will be very interested to see what happens tomorrow. But, Doug, what, what do you think? you think they're going to set it up with some, some crazy pins tomorrow? Yes. I think it's going to be uh, absolutely zany. I think the whole locations will be incredibly hard. And, and again, we just need to emphasize the intense pressure on these players in the final round on a Sunday at Wingfoot. And this is interesting, too, because earlier in the week, um, 
obviously Thursday and Friday wasn't set up as difficult as it could have been. And Paul Azinger kept talking about they were trying to get the guys through before it got dark. And a friend of mine who works for the USGA who's up there, and I texted him, and he said, yes, that's accurate. At the same time, he talked about there was, there was a little disagreement between the USGA and the people at Wingfoot, the course superintendent some of the, uh, on the setup. The people at Wingfoot want it to be more difficult. They, they don't want somebody to go three or four under par, right? And so, yeah, I think Sunday is going to be really, really difficult. And, and just the intense pressure, and I need to keep emphasizing that. I don't think people realize what these guys are going to be going through tomorrow for four and a half hours. It's going to be wild. And, and, and listen, with every bogey, with every five or six foot par putt, it gets even more pressurized. That's what's fun. Yeah, I'm really waiting to see what happens. And Patrick Reed was an example of this today. On that second nine, it can get away from you really quickly. And yeah. especially if you – there are just so few birdie holes. You feel like you can never make it up. With 16 yeah. being the par four, normal day, that's a par five. Um, with 12 playing as long as it's playing, you can't really reach it in two. There's – after 11, where Reed made double, there's no real give-me birdie opportunity. So it's right. a real challenge. Um, and, and Bryson seemed to handle it really well today. He's been playing some great golf. He finds himself in second place. This was a place, Kyle, where – you, not just you, myself included, we didn't really think this was going to be a, a Bryson setup, yet he's shown that he, he has a great advantage with his length and his strategy is proven to work. And he, like Matthew Wolf, I think they both came and tied fourth at the PGA, the only other major of the year. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting to have them back in the mix. What are you thinking? What are you expecting out of Bryson going forward? What do you see today? Are you, are, I'm, I'm assuming you're like me, you're a little bit surprised to see him here in the mix. I am surprised, um, but I think you're right. I mean, look, there, there's just a difference between Bryson missing a fairway and Patrick Reed missing a fairway. I mean, you saw it off the, off the first hole. Bryson's 320, and Pat Reed is like 288 or whatever, and that's, it's just different. Like, you're just going to play differently from those distances on a course like that. I, I think that I've been impressed with his ability to kind of manage himself around the greens. That's the part where I watched him at Memorial and you're like, Oh, that, that didn't, that did not look great. Like when it's straightforward, when it's, when it's in front of him, okay, fine. But when you have to manage some of these angles, I know he's the, you know, mathematician or whatever, but he, it just, it, it hasn't necessarily worked well in the past. I think that's the part that I'm more impressed. The length is the length, you know, whatever that's just going to be there. But the ability to manage yourself around when guys that are supposed to have more feel or whatever are not doing it. That's the part where I'm like, wow, that's, that's actually super impressive. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea how this is going to play out. I don't even know how I want it to play <laughs> out on, on Sunday. It's going to be, it's going to be so interesting. Doug, I'm Bryson. Do you think he has a chance? <laughs> and is he the guy that can handle that pressure tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's any question. I, you know, I, I think Matthew Wolf has a couple of shots to play with at five under par. I mean, he goes 71-72 tomorrow. I think that might be good enough to win. Um, I think DeChambeau certainly. Yeah, no, he's, he's got the moxie. Uh, and that power game, I love it. Um, listen, both guys can uh, – I mean, it will be a monumental win for both if somehow they can come through. I, that final group's going to be but, – but the chase pack guys – I love the chase pack at Wingfoot. Let's, is, let's not leave some Louis of those guys out. The, is Louis Ustase in one of those guys? Um, um, I want to quickly get to him because he deserves it. The other player under par at one under. He shot rounds of 67, 
74, 68. Uh, this guy shows up for majors. We know so he's he, got the silver slam. What, what do you think, Kyle? Here's my Louie take. I think Louie, <laughs> if they if they dial it up and that and the scoring average is like 76 on Sunday, I think that's awesome for him because I think that he's somebody who he can ju- he he can keep a clean card. I really think that he he has the ability to do that. The problem is if 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 you're going to have to go and get it and and maybe you got to have a little firepower to go and do it. I, I I don't know. I just I don't I don't see that from him. So I think he wants the course as difficult as possible. Maybe maybe you play Wolf and Bryson out of it, and then all of a sudden he's kind of there atop the carnage at the end. What do you What do you think about Louis Doug? Oh, I love him. Uh, I think he should have won more than one major at this point in his career. He's been in contention a lot. Um, I think he's got a legitimate shot tomorrow, a lot like Jeff Ogilvy did a few years back. Remember. He was just kind of hanging around. Nobody really talked about Jeff Ogilvy, And one by one, I mean, Phil blows it. Uh, Padraig Harrington, Jim Furyk, Colin Montgomery. And Jeff Ogilvy holds the trophy. So I think, yeah, I think Louie with his experience is right there. And let's not forget Hideki Matsuyama. Um, he, he, listen, he's good enough to win a major championship and be the first guy from Japan to ever win a major, to hoist a major championship trophy. I, let's not forget Hideki. Yeah, he's been playing some great golf. I do want to get some picks, um, but but we do have to take a quick break and hear a word from our partner. So when we come back, we're going to get right to right to picks. Hideki, Louie, who's it going to be? We're going to figure it all out. What's going to happen Sunday at the U.S. Open? But first, let's take a break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. Okay, uh, some plays and fades for tomorrow. Who do we like on Sunday? I mean, I- I'm I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying, okay, well, um, you got Matthew Wolf at five under. That's a that's a pretty big lead over most of the guys there. Bryson at three, Louis at one. Um, couple players like Xander uh, English um, and Hideki at even par, but they're right there. I mean, five that five shots can go away so quickly. Just ask Patrick Reed. So, Doug, I'll start <laughs> with you. Is it, you mentioned Hideki before the break? Is is Hideki the guy you're looking at heading into tomorrow, or is there somebody? Um, you think is really going to get it done? Well, first off, I think Matthew Wolf uh, hitting only two fairways today, 26 putts, uh, a fortuitous round in every way. I just don't think Lady Luck is going to shine on him tomorrow, even though he has a couple, two or three shots to play with. Um, I love Hideki. I, I think he is due, uh, and I'm kind of rooting for him because I've covered him a lot over the last few years. Uh, but the guy that I, I really, really like is Xander Shoffley, uh, you know? Yeah. I just, I just think he plays so well in major championships. He played so great at East Lake two weeks ago. I think his game's in a good spot, and and I think he likes coming from behind. So, and I, he's steady Eddie. I'm, mean, I'm going with the X Man. I yeah. love it. X Man. He was my pick back in January, and I've stuck with it all along. And here we are. We got a chance. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, that it could pull through. He seems like he's a ways back at five under. But uh, Kyle, we'll get to you first here. Uh, who's your guy? <laughs> 
we are you on is are you carrying the bag on sunday or what well, i was gonna fill it if he needed me i'm ready, to go. I'm ready okay to go so so look there's 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 seven guys that can win it it's it's uh wolf and bryson so throw them yeah. out they're gonna have to come back to the field so beyond that this is how i rank them it's xander this is this is the perfect spot. <laughs> this is how he wins tournaments. We've talked about this a yeah, hundred right. times, Greg. I yeah, mean, this is this is how he won um, Kapalua. This is how he won HSBC. Uh, I think he was behind going into the Tour champ- final round of the Tour Championship as well. And back Greenbrier, in- I believe, as well. Yeah. So this is this is yeah. like this is his deal right here. So I would go Xander. Then I would go. I think I, I did this on CBSSports.com. Xander. Uh, I think I went Hideki because look, if, if have one freaking round where you make a putt, Hideki, that's it. Just one round, <laughs> right? He's he's second in the field from tee to green. It's it's Wolf and Hideki. That's it, and he's just not hitting putts. I mean that I, I, that's obviously like bigger picture. That's a problem, but if he just hits putts for one, I mean we could see where was it a couple of years ago? Bridgestone, he shoots sixty one final round. Yep. He's not going to shoot 61 at Wingfoot, but if he hits putts, he could shoot a 67 and win this thing by two strokes. So I go, I go Xander, I go Hideki, I go Louie, then I go Rory, Ooh. and then I go uh, Harris English. So the, the, those five, along with um, obviously the two leaders, I think are the seven that could potentially win it. Rory's fascinating. I think that him winning at Wingfoot on a fast and firm course on a Sunday would be um, that'd be a big deal for his career because the majors that he's won, they're soft, they, and it doesn't take away from him, but it's just it's not really his style. For him to go out shoot 68 on Sunday and win this thing would be that would be pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't think it'll happen, but I think he I think he faded on Friday with that 76, but. It's at least in play. I thought his 68 on, on Saturday was pretty impressive as well. You know, you look at, at Rory as being six back. But so, and, and again, Matthew Wolf and Bryson, these guys are really in control of this tournament. They can eliminate yeah. all those players that you mentioned, Kyle, with, with really solid play tomorrow. They can start to just knock guys out of contention. And Rory could be one of them. But if they struggle, the numbers say they'll struggle, right? The, the past history says final group at Wingfoot doesn't usually have that great of a chance, or at least the 54-hole leader. You start to get those guys kind of, if they have a rough day, well, Rory's now suddenly two, two back. He's right there. So yeah. I, I do think Rory has a real chance. Well, and he, here's the thing to watch early. You, you, play, you play those first five holes. They're, two and a half, they're playing two and a half over on Saturday. Wolf plays them in two under. So you're four and a half up on the field on the first five holes, right? So if, if, uh, if Xander goes out uh, before the leaders and he gets to six, the drivable par four, and he's like one under on the day, it's like, oh, okay, this is like, that's meaningful. Like that, that legit means something. So pay attention to the first five holes. Cause I think whoever out of those guys, whoever plays those well is going to have a shot at, at taking down Bryson and Wolf. Well, I love the, I love the picks. I'm going to go, I'll just put, <laughs> put, put a, uh, a period on, I'm going to go Xander. We've, we've come this far. Xander, you and me, if you need somebody on the bag tomorrow, I'm your guy. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I, I love it. I, I love the picks. Can't wait to see what happens tomorrow. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today. Kyle, that's Kyle Porter. You can get him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. That's Doug Bell. You can get him on Twitter at Doug Bell Sports Guy. 
Uh, yep. And I'm Greg Carb. You can get me at the Real GFD. Thank you so much for, for listening, for watching. If you're if you're on YouTube, which we are on YouTube, um, and hey, we'll see you tomorrow. on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.